today on the Scott Thompson Show on AM 900 CHML. All right, uh, let's get some expert opinion on now as to, of course, what happened uh, earlier this morning and uh, the inauguration of uh, Donald Trump, his speech and such. Let's bring in Barry Eidling. He's assistant professor of sociology, McGill University, and with us now. Hello, Barry. How are you today? Doing well, Scott. Thank you, for, thank you for taking the time to join us. We certainly do appreciate this. Uh, your thoughts on the Trump inauguration and his speech today? First of all, it was rather short by, uh, by inaugural speech standards. Uh, it was also quite a mix of the sort of America first protectionism that, uh, that sort of was his signature during a lot of the campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also was uh, as evidenced by the rather tortured expressions of some of the other people up there on the dais with him. Um, you know, he, he was also giving that sort of straight talk uh, that, uh, that, that turned a lot, of, uh, a lot of his opponents off. Um, and he also, um, you know, set himself up, I think, for some pretty big challenges, because mm. if he is serious about, you know, helping out the people who have really been hurt by a lot of the economic changes of the past few decades, um, his actions by his cabinet appointments, at least so far, and what he's proposed to do, uh, don't seem to match up with that long-term strategy. Uh, he seemed to paint a quite, uh, quite a bleak picture of America and, and talked a little bit about the past. Um, how would the people sitting behind him, uh, uh, th- what would they think about that? And was this more political, uh, an inauguration speech, than most? Yeah, I mean, I think that that was quite uh, in, in evidence that he is seems to still be in campaign mode. Uh, he was not uh, exhibiting any kind of gestures of humbleness or gratitude. Uh, you know, there were a few token remarks, but um, that was not really his, uh, his on his agenda. Uh, and as I said earlier, you know, he was not shy about um, lobbing some, you know, serious criticisms at the people behind him. You talked about the tortured expressions was the phrase you used, which was quite accurate. It was interesting watching uh, everybody uh, come in to the inauguration. Uh, once they got out into the public forum there, the public area, they, of course, had, had a lot more smiles on the faces. Uh, but certainly the walk-in uh, looked kind of grim. What do you think the buzz would be like in Washington today in and around the inauguration? Well, I think it depends on who you are, right? Uh, I mean, because we have to remember that there's also hundreds of thousands of people who are coming in for protests today and tomorrow. Uh, They're obviously, um, you know, quite uh, angry and and fired up to take a stand against him. Uh, Meanwhile, the, um, you know, there's going to be these inaugural balls that are taking place with the uh, with with the pro-Trump crowd. Um, from what I was able to see, I'm obviously in Montreal. I'm not in D.C. at the moment. Um, you know, it's it's as you would expect. Uh, you know, with with a uh, with a Republican administration coming into power, it's a much more well-heeled crowd. It's a much whiter crowd. Um, so, you know, despite the fact that you know he portrayed himself during the campaign and during the speech as this sort of tribune of the working class. Um, the facts on the ground tell a different story. 
what about the credibility of this election? That was obviously called into, uh, many called into question the, the credibility of this election. Uh, some obviously not, some Democrats not attending. Will that subside now that the inauguration is over? Or are we still going to see that divisiveness? I don't expect to see it at a, 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 a subsiding of that divisiveness anytime soon. Um, you know, th- this has been, you know, a take no prisoners approach by the Republican Party. Um, and, um, you know, the, the Democrats have sort of, uh, under Obama, have tried to play along and have not really uh, understood the game that the Republicans were playing and, and got, uh, you know, swamped as a result. Um, I think that, um, you know, it, I, I can I, I see some parallels with what happened with uh, George W. Bush taking office in 2000 after the very contentious election with Al Gore. Um, you know, where where you started to have um, th- there were these consistent protests over the course of the administration. Um, the danger there is to uh, is that those opposed to now President Trump. Uh, put maybe too much faith in just restoring democratic power as as a solution to the problem rather than taking on the real problems that currently exist within the Democratic Party itself. Uh, what do you think other politicians, uh, political parties, both, both north, uh, north and south of the border, what do you think they've learned from this election? What do they take away from it? Uh, over and above the fighting and the divisiveness, once they sit back, look in the mirror, what have the other politicians and political parties learned from this exercise? I think the, the main thing to, to learn is that uh, the policies that we've seen, not just in the U.S., but here in Canada, uh, and across must, uh, much of, of Europe and the rest of the Western world, um, have, have taken a toll on a large segment of the population. And the parties that have traditionally been the parties of the people who have, t- who have been suffering have been the people implementing it. And so the people who have taken advantage of the discontent are these people like Trump um, or, um, you know, in France, like Marine Le Pen or something um, or someone like your, 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 one of your next guests who are really just capitalizing on the discontent to implement, uh, to, to blame, um, you know, other populations to, you know, for Trump, it's immigrants um, and for a lot of others, it's, you know, blaming it on others rather than putting forth a real progressive vision that someone like Bernie Sanders, for example, was putting forward that might actually push back against those policies that have been the cause of a lot of the distress. Barry Eidlin is with us, Assistant Professor of Sociology at McGill University. Barry, thanks for the time and insight. Much appreciated. Not a problem. Glad to be here. Thanks. Want to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play and listen to The Scott Thompson Show weekdays from noon to 3 on AM 900 CHML.